AthensAthens.com and the Athens Banner Herald. This is the Georgia Bulldogs podcast. Bulldogs Extra. Now, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Hey there, everybody. Welcome into the Bulldogs Extra podcast from the Athens Banner Herald. And online Athens, Ryan Dennis here alongside Mark Weiser and a lot to unpack on this podcast. We'll get to George Pickens' knee injury. Shortly, we got a little baseball, a little basketball, uh, a lot of other things, which begs the question, Mark, you got all these sports going on from March to about mid-April. Is, is this truly the best season of the year for sports? Uh, I think Georgia football fans would say the spring football season is is not uh, a very uh, exciting time now, uh, especially yesterday at about noon <laughs> when Georgia put out a release uh, that George Pickens uh, was going to need uh, to undergo ACL surgery. So it was actually, if it wasn't so busy doing other stuff like covering the women's game yesterday, women's basketball team, this might have called for an emergency podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, Could we do like sirens, tornado sirens and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's not a small story. Um, I don't know if you had to rank uh, the positions or not positions, but just the players that were most impactful that you least could afford to lose for what looks like an extended period of time. Um, JT Daniels would probably be number one, although you feel pretty good about Brock Vandegrift uh, um, among many others behind him. Well, is he number? Is he number two? No, no, he's not number two. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, I mean. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, your, your inside linebacker that, that's uh, out this spring. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say. I mean, it, Nicobe Dean, but you feel like like you got a lot of other other guys. I was going to say. I mean, when when you think about the most important positions, obviously QB's number one, and then uh, you know when you take maybe the the top two or three receiver in the SEC out of the equation for that quarterback. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big blow. Pro, Pro Football Focus uh, has him as the number four uh, rated returning wide receiver in the country. Um, look, he, he missed a couple of games last year, but the last four he played with JT Daniels showed, I think he had 20-plus catches in those games. Well, I mean, JT said, you know, especially after the Missouri game, if you recall that, you know, hey, when you got George Pickens one-on-one with somebody, yeah. you take your chances. It's a, it's a 70-30 ball, I think he called it. Maybe an 80-20 ball when you throw it up to George in that situation. So, yeah, I, I'm sure JT was feeling a little uh, a little down, too, when that, when that happened because, I mean, he was a heck of a receiver. But, I mean, you got to have other guys step up now, right? I mean – Jermaine Burton obviously came uh, came on strong last year. Other guys, you know, if you get uh, Blaylock back or whatever. So, I mean, somebody's going to have to fill the void. Yeah. Um, look, here, here's the question I have is um, Georgia is a top five team preseason probably uh, does. And we'll hear from Kirby Smart tonight, at least we're expected to. Um, you know, he will comment. I imagine he will say what you're about to say, which is, hey, this is a chance for someone else to step up. I don't know if he'll lay out that they expect um, that Pickens won't play again in 2021, uh, if they will say that there's a chance he'll be back, or that, or they might not even 
get into it at all. I mean, look, this is a guy that's, uh, I, I would expect, given, um, you know, the, his first two seasons at Georgia, that you might have seen him, uh, if he doesn't come back, play his last game for Georgia. I mean, he, he could just enter the draft like a lot of uh, others do. I mean, I'm sure Georgia coaches and, and others would, uh, you know, suggest that maybe coming back. But, you know, I don't know if it would knock him out of the first round. I don't think it would. He'd be have a chance to show in Indianapolis next year, presuming that everything's fine with COVID, that, that they can go out there and work out. <clears throat> that, um, you know, that this is a guy that, I mean, you mentioned, I, th- I think you mentioned, or, you know, uh, w- with Dominique Blaylock, I mean, do you want to try to come back and then have another injury? I mean, Well, right. I mean, his, his situation is, is, is a little dicey, but... Um, Arian Smith, you know, you think of somebody like that who sort of had a, had a moment or two last year. You know, do you get back uh, the the receiver that hurt his ankle down in Florida? That would be Marcus yeah. Roseme Jackson, Jackson, right? Um, so, so I think this is where Georgia's recruiting of the past couple of years a strong focus on receivers. You know should benefit them in this situation of course you can't overlook the the impact that that losing george is going to have but um there's still options there and uh you think about the big tight end washington you know and 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 the like so um i mean it's not if, if there's one good thing i think if you if you can take something good out of a scenario like this is you do have other other weapons you got a, a what seems like a good system now uh with with monken you got your quarterback, uh, you know, with JT Daniels, and it also happened in the spring. So it wasn't, you know, that first week of camp in the fall. You have time to prepare, make other plans to, to get these guys in your system and how you want to kind of tweak that without one of the game's best receivers. I mean, I think uh, mentioning Arian Smith is, is probably uh, – look, he only had two catches last year, 86 yards. Uh, he was coming back from an injury, I believe, of his own. Mm-hmm, right. Uh, but certainly showed uh, his ability to to be a downfield threat. Um, you know, Curious Jackson took a, a big step last year. Um, actually, tied Pickens for the team lead with 36 catches. Uh, Burton, you know, had, had some really big games last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who who else? I mean, uh, Blaylock. Uh, you know, will be interesting to see. Uh, and, and hopefully, he can come all the way back from that. Yeah. Certainly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Darnell Washington was already kind of a focal point in the passing game. Uh, he will be. In, and, look, uh, here's a chance for Kirby to, to you know, attract the next Lawrence Cager, the next um, somebody in the transfer portal. That maybe there's a veteran that, that's around. You're seeing guys. Uh, West Virginia just had a safety that was a 13 mile American that just announced last night on Twitter that he was going in the transfer portal. So, um, you know, I mean, there are back channel ways that, yeah. that, that, you know, people Especially. talk to high school coaches and say, hey, Georgia's still looking for someone if, you know, but Georgia does have a lot of experience back. I mean, Demetrius Robertson, we haven't seen him uh, be a difference maker in the way that we thought he would be when he came here from Cal. Um, but but at least he's a, a guy that's been around the block that's still in the program. Um you know, I'm glad you mentioned Kiaris. I, I, you know, with the whole uh, NCAA eligibility and all that, I, I lost track of, of who's where. But Who? Kiaris. What NCAA eligibility is he? Well, you know how they have allowed one extra year for certain, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so I lose track of who's what and who can come back. And, and I know he was just a junior last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems like he's been in the program for, for five years now. Mm-hmm. But that does seem like the guy that 
he he was a strong leader and you know I think in that wide receiver group was already a very vocal and and uh, you know a uh, physical presence to, to to those guys those young guys last year and so obviously his role even jumps even higher this year without Pickens there and that that was a, a good uh, good point that you know that he's going to be back and, and able to to lead um, a, a group that that needs leadership in a time in a downtime and again that starts in the spring when uh, you know there's there's still a lot of time for the first game and uh, like you said he had such a good year last year kind of kind of broke onto the scene you know after he had that uh, broken hand a couple of years ago so yeah that's the guy I look to uh, I'm glad you mentioned him to uh, really really take a even bigger step in his uh, final year Georgia has everybody back at running back so you know I think about Tom Lincoln being able to, to be even more creative to get the ball in James Cook's hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zamir White, obviously, Kenny McIntosh showed the ability uh, in the in the passing game. Um, they they already moved uh, Lavasse Carroll to defensive back. Now they had an injury um, at that position. Uh, or I'm sorry, that injury at running back with, with McIntosh. So there was some talk about whether they move, might move Carroll back. Well, we'll hear from Kirby on that. Um, I imagine they'll just keep him there. But looking at George Pickens, uh, talk about his impact. The last four games with JT Daniels, eight catches, 197 yards, two touchdowns against Mississippi State, three for 33 against South Carolina, a game where Georgia, I think, had 300-plus yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, against Missouri, he had uh, five for 38 and then against Cincinnati, wait a second. Am I reading the wrong stats here? I'm reading Jermaine Burton's numbers. Let me screw that over. <laughs> let's start that up. Can you hey, edit that out? Edit that yeah, out. Yeah, we'll get that in post. All right. George Pickens, let's look at his numbers. Starting with Mississippi State game, eight catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. South Carolina game, uh, three for 25, which isn't much, but Georgia didn't do much in the game uh, except for a run for 300-plus yards. Missouri, five for 126 yards, two touchdowns, and then he topped that in the uh, bowl game, seven for 135 with a touchdown. I mean, that's a, those are pretty uh, crazy numbers. And, uh, you know, you don't forget that he was out against Kentucky. He was out against Florida, the Kentucky game. Uh, and this, you know, uh, that was a little, some, there was a lot of rumors going around there, you know, what was going on with him. And this, ha- this was after, you know, several weeks earlier, the water bottle incidents against mm. Tennessee. Uh, but, you know, against Kentucky, Georgia, uh, you know, didn't do much in the passing game, uh, didn't do much offensively. And then against Florida, we know they had all, all ty- uh, kinds of problems uh, with Stetson and uh, Dewan Mathis just being able to find open receivers. So, um it, you know, let's not minimize it, but also yeah. Georgia does recruit to try to absorb these injuries, but uh, definitely a big blow. Well, he obviously came into his own last year when JT took over, and you know, Stetson did all he could to to to, to lead the the Georgia program. But I mean, like I said earlier, when JT saw that he had Pickens one on one, which was definitely a uh, a lack of of intelligent <laughs> coverage on the on the opponent's part. He said, hey, I'm throwing it up to this guy because he can make, you know, the catches one-on-one against people. And you think about that diving catch against Cincinnati in the bowl game. I mean, obviously his his talent is uh, through the roof. So it will be missed, but I can't reiterate it enough. You know, they gotta, they've got a pretty deep room with uh, a lot of talented guys. So that should lessen the blow a little bit. And they have several months to uh, to really put in a system that can fit all their talents. Look, is there going to be a, a young guy that we haven't really talked about that's going to, you know, emerge, uh, you know, 
Justin Robinson um, was not really a factor coming from a, as a three star last year. Um, yeah, I think he played in the opener. I don't know if he if he caught a catch or even played again after that. Um, you know, this year they have a kid out of uh, Cambridge, I guess, in Tennessee, or, or no, I guess he's from Missouri City, Texas. I think I guess he might have gone to Tennessee for his towards the end of his career. That's Adonai Mitchell, or I'm not sure if that's exactly how you pronounce it, but six four one ninety has some potential there. And then Jackson Meeks comes from a, a, a school uh, central in Phoenix City, Alabama, uh, that's produced uh, several big playmakers for Clemson. So another young guy, and, and these are guys that will have a chance certainly you know, they all have a chance on the practice field whether Pickens is out there or not to, to, to show something, but certainly would help if one of those guys can, can emerge. Yeah, of course. And uh, like we said last year with Jermaine Burton, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if he was the guy you'd expect to, to come in and, and kind of perform like he did. You think, uh, you know, the Alabama game, it seemed like uh, it was kind of a breakout. And then, of course, the the home game against who was it when he had 195 yards receiving or whatever which is third in the history books uh i can't remember who who george was playing they all they all seem to run together maybe that was a missouri game no they played at missouri anyway i'm rambling but yeah yeah they have a a a talented group of guys let's talk about some bright spots in the spring mark (laughs) well you know I think Kirby named JT official starter yesterday. I mean, was that uh, – was there any surprise? Was, was, was Brock Vandegrift or Carson Beck or anybody going to challenge for, for that uh, for that spot? I mean, you say that. I listened to the same interview that, that you're referring to, and, and it was such a non-story that I didn't even blink an eye to, to care that he said it. I mean, there was no pretense that this was an open quarterback job. I mean, JT Daniels just took your offense – to another level after you had four different guys start the previous uh, what was it seven games if you include Jake Fromm I mean um, what was your question well I'm just saying (laughs) you know obviously the hype that Brock Vandergriff came in with I mean uh, I guess folks around here especially being from from Prince Avenue Christian uh, thought he might come in and, and open an eye or two, but I mean there hadn't really been even been much said about him so far. I mean there's been four practices, and um, I think we've talked to Kirby once since practice started. So he hasn't even talked. I don't think he said a word of one about the quarterback so far. Uh, you know I think he did a radio interview where he mentioned um, them, but uh, I mean look. I, I don't even know if Brock's going to be your number two quarterback. I mean, I, I think there's a chance that they will take advantage of his skill set to, to maybe give him a, a set of plays uh, to work him in certain situations. But, you know, Carson Beck could push Stetson Bennett for the backup job. Brock could push them both. I mean, mm. you know, it's very early. They haven't, I think they'll hold the first scrimmage maybe a week from Saturday. Uh, you know, we haven't talked to JT this spring. I mean, certainly would be curious to see what he has to say about Pickens' injury, what he has to say about a, uh, the first spring for him at Georgia. Um, you know, there, there was a lot of optimism about <clears throat> all the, the guys coming back on offense and, and JT and Munkin being together. Um, you know, so that still is a chance to, you know, keep developing uh, this offense and, um, you know, I guess keep adding to the playbook. Uh, but, but right now, I mean, we had a chance to talk to Amir Speed the other day. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, actually, I'm trying to remember when do we, yeah, uh, Adam Anderson stuff came out um, when do we podcast? Thursday last week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Adam Anderson is 
is is um, Kirby was pretty explicit about it, uh, kind of working at the star position. Now he says that the outside linebacker uh, essentially is a star uh, to a certain extent. Uh, you know, covering uh, as a as a fifth DB uh, in certain packages. Uh, you know. Uh, as a nickelback, they had Mark Webb at that position last well, year. Like a Maurice Smith uh, when he came from Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about him. That's a different type of physique, I feel like, at that position. Yeah, but this is similar to what you saw with uh, Lorenzo Carter uh, back in the day. Um, you know, a chance for, for a guy that to, to keep him on the field, to, to be able to, to get an, an extra pass rusher in, uh, but also have to you know, put him out on an island and, and have him cover. Uh, you know, guys that that uh, you know might be uh, pretty challenging for uh, what looks like an outside linebacker. But he has a special skill set, and and uh, you know he doesn't have to be just a, th- a third down specialist uh, or a pass rush specialist. And um, it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, but of course, um, they have uh, other guys. We we mentioned Amir Speed, a cornerback um, coming back. I mean, uh, who was the guy that that uh, played that started in the. Uh, uh, the bowl game at, at the star position. Is it Brini? Yeah, Latavius Brini. Brini. I think he gives you the more traditional DB mm-hmm. at that spot. So they have uh, pretty good options there. Um, you know, and, and we mentioned that uh, Lavasse Carroll's working at cornerback as well. Um, you know, how can he develop at that position? Kirby said he has kind of the same size and, and some of the skill set that they saw with guys that are walking out the door in Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes and even DJ Daniel. So um, you know, that, that's why you, when you get back, Zamir White and James Cook, you have the flexibility to, to put your sixth tailback in the pecking order, uh, you know, on the defensive side. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as, as they get towards the first of three scrimmages. Yeah, a lot to still find out from, uh, from spring practice, and uh, we'll learn more. I'm sure before next week's uh, podcast, but let's take a break right now. Come back. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Amir Speed when we get back. All right, back on the Bulldogs Extra podcast. Find all of our stuff at onlineathens.com or subscribe to our newspaper. You can also subscribe online. We would appreciate that. One thing I was going to say about Amir Speed is your story the other day was talking about uh, how he said God's timing is different and, and stuff like that. And you think of these days when you know, when a when a kid comes in, he doesn't play in the first year, maybe two years, they're bolting out the door. I got to find playing time somewhere. This seems like a situation where guys waited his time. Was he in his third year or going into his senior or fourth year, I guess? Um, it's good to see guys like this get a chance, you know, after waiting their turn. And, uh, you know, I, I'm pulling for the kid to, to step in, fill those shoes and and be successful. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's rare to see guys stick around as long. Uh, you know, I was looking up uh, the 2017 class when I was writing about Amir Speed because that's what he signed in. And several of his, uh, I guess, classmates from that year uh, just walked out the door this offseason, uh, you know, at, at uh, between Tory Johnson. Um, I guess it was uh, Trey Blount, maybe, or, or uh, another wide receiver in that class. Matt Landers, I think, maybe might have right. been in that mm-hmm. class. Or maybe he was a year after. I don't remember. But uh, he was one of only, I think, five or six guys that, that still remain. Uh, and two of those guys came back as uh, super seniors this year in Devontae Wyatt and Justin Schaefer. So, uh, you know, actually, I believe this is the first time that Speed was uh, made available to talk to the media. Now, we could have got him, 
you know, after an SEC championship game or, or you know, one of the bowl games uh, when they have open locker rooms. But in those situations, there's so many guys to talk to that you don't necessarily get to a guy that's really not played much, uh, but seems like a great kid. And the, the fact that, um, you know, he has stuck around and really only had a chance to, to play on special teams. Now he did get in on, on third down, some in the uh, bowl game. And, uh, you know, clearly Kirby doesn't bring out a guy to talk to the media if, uh, number one, that, that he doesn't respect him um, and, and sees him as a team leader. Number two, that he's, he might not have a chance or they might he, that he doesn't factor into, uh, you know, playing somewhere. Uh, you know, so I think he is a legit factor uh, at the cornerback position now. Uh, you know, whether you can have Keely Ringo develop uh, coming off his uh, shoulder injury, whether a guy's going to be available in the transfer point portal that they uh, has already has playing experience that they they think uh, you know will upgrade the position um, you know speed uh, you know this is his time I mean you had Tyreek Stevenson transfer uh, just another guy that was ahead of him in the pecking order that that kind of opens up uh, a chance for him to move up hey another small note from spring stuff tonight we're recording this Thursday morning by the way tonight Malachi Starks from Jefferson right down the road will make his announcement so be sure if you're listening to us before then to check out onlineathens.com to see where he's going i think it's down to georgia clemson and alabama and he might have even narrowed the list down to two from there so that's exciting we got a local kid that uh could choose the bulldogs tonight hey, a little inside uh baseball inside uh journalism or, or our website or whatever and this will kind of transition to our next topic which is uh, I posted a story on Monday I believe it was that uh, Mikael Starks was transferring from Georgia but the the, uh, the story <laughs> slug was just DGA Starks or something like that and I had a couple comments from uh, people uh, in our newsroom saying hey did, did this kid commit already and uh, no that was a, a different Starks and uh, turns out that uh, Mikael Starks is the least uh, in terms of uh, you know productive or or noteworthy players that are uh, exiting the Georgia program in the last week. Uh, Christian Brown, right after we got off uh, mm-hmm. the air or the recording of our podcast, Ryan uh, kind of scoots down the hallway and, and tells me last week as I'm uh, going to the parking lot, hey, uh, I just just heard or saw that Christian Brown uh, might have put his name in the transfer portal, and uh, I had a number for Christian from <clears throat> when he was recruited, and so I'm, I'm in the car downstairs in our parking deck, our parking lot, and uh, dial Christian up, and yep, he says he's he's out the door, so I tweeted that out, went home and wrote up a story on that, and then later in the day on Monday, after the Mikel Starks thing uh, came word from Ty Fagan's Twitter account that uh, he was leaving as well, so that's three players, and this is starting to sound and feel like uh, the last couple of seasons for Georgia, where there's just a lot of roster churn. Now, this just might be the way it's going to be every year under Tom Crean and under the, you know, there's 700 plus players in the transfer port or maybe close to 800 now. Um, let's assess what this means. I mean, uh, for, you know, at this point, the good news for Georgia is that the names in the transfer portal portal are not Severe Wheeler. It's not Tamani Kamara. He hasn't pulled the Rayshon Evans, Rayshon Evans, yeah. and declared yeah. for the draft. Now, I hadn't I hadn't thought about it much, but I mean, there's no harm in putting your name in to test the waters. I believe. So kind of like what uh, Yante did, Yante Maiten a couple years ago. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not saying that's either. He's not he's not a top 100 prospect from what we're seeing on NBA draft lists, um, you know. But um, and then Katie Johnson would be the other mm-hmm. um ty fagan hurts uh and, 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 I, and surprised 
I mean, I, I felt like he he was a big contributor to this year's team. Look, the, the issue with, with with Ty, I think, is if you looked at the last four or five games of the season, his minutes uh, dropped dramatically. Uh, I mean, he continued to start, but he was um, the minutes were going to other people, and um, you know, I don't know how if that rubbed, rubbed him the wrong way or what, but I understand that he saw um, his role maybe being diminished even more next year. So, um, you know, hmm. he made the decision with one year to go and I guess he has two years to go given the extra year of eligibility. So, you know, go somewhere else and, and you know, be a guy that's going to get 30 minutes a game, maybe at a, at a different, maybe a lower level program. Um, I think Christian Brown, and we can also use this to segue into, into the women's basketball uh, program. You look at Christian Brown, he had a couple games late in the year where, where he played five minutes or so, but, but flashed, uh, you know, uh, he, he, he's a different deal in terms of Georgia has a lot of guys that are, uh, you know, between Justin Kyer and Katie Johnson and, and Severe Wheeler, just guys that, that are kind of the same. I mean, Severe is obviously smaller, but but just total perimeter guys. I mean, Christian Brown gives you a little bit more length, uh, 6'6-ish guy, uh, you know, can play more inside and, and uh, has, has the ability to, to be on the other end of those alley-oops and that kind of thing. Um, but also could, could go out and, and shoot on occasion, uh, hit the three. Um, but I think you need a guy like him that can get you a spot start. And, and you know, look, this is a top 100 prospect that, that came in here and, and he should be a starter. Um, but, you know, if you're going to take the next step as a program and make the NCAA tournament, I think you need you need a Christian Brown on your roster that, that might not be your headliner, but can come in and give you quality minutes and spell your starters and, uh, you know, just be part of your, your 8, 9, 10 deep rotation, um, which Georgia women's basketball team showed that they had this season. Um, you know, it was kind of helter-skelter for them in uh, San Antonio. They're out after two games, lost to Oregon yesterday, an Oregon team that is um, used to going to Sweet 16s. This is their fourth straight. You have to call it a disappointment for Georgia. They came in as a number three seed, uh, but they didn't have uh, Jenna Stady, their, their best player, their, their, or at least their leading scorer, their, their big shot blocker until she shows up the day before. And um, contri- I mean, had big games, but it was yeah, yeah. odd. And and uh, no real word. I mean, ESPN said that she had an undisclosed medical condition. I asked her on the uh, Zoom post game yesterday and she didn't really want to talk about it. Um, uh, what about Gabby Connolly? Gabby yeah. Connolly. Now, I, you know, she had a, an ankle injury that, that really there was some worry ahead of time that it might keep her out. And she really didn't play much. I think she played 10 minutes or so the first game and about the same yesterday um, and was ineffective. Didn't she was, you know, one of their top scorers and their point guard. And so they had to overcome that. Sarah Ashley Barker, uh, one of their uh, she was an all freshman player in the SEC. She didn't even make the trip. Uh, you don't know if that's a COVID issue or not or, or what happened. But um, overall, a great season for Georgia, you can say, because they uh, reached the SEC championship finals for the first time since uh, 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, but same old story in terms of the postseason. Um, they haven't made it past uh, the second round since 2013. Um, and, uh, you know, they've recruited well. I, I don't think this is going to be a, a team. That, I, this should be a team that's going to be in the NCAA tournament year in and year out from here on, based on the fact that they, they uh, Joni has, has her name out there. She 
Teresa kind of, uh, you know, just created a culture at Georgia and uh, has attracted uh, some very good recruits. And, and they've, you know, they've missed out on some uh, big name players from around the state in, in uh, recent years, but they've also gotten in people. Jenny mentions a transfer. Uh, they have a, a UConn transfer, a Rutgers transfer. So, yeah. Ron, what, what's your take? Well, I mean, I keep harping on it, and I can't, you know, hate to sound like a broken record every time I, I talk about it, but this program ain't going to take that next step until it goes a little bit further in the NCAA tournament. And I think yesterday, I mean, it was at least it was competitive. You know, four years ago when they made the NCAA tournament and they were hosting, they go up against Duke, who just, I mean, rolled over them because it was a, a more experienced, a, a, a better, deeper team that had more size, and they keep running up against that. And, you know, going forward, they're going to lose a lot from this team, uh, I, I would think. Uh, you know, I, again, this whole eligibility thing throws me off. But, uh, you know, they had – Yeah, so there's four seniors on their team. It's, and their, sh- it's their four top scorers. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but there's been no talk about, um, you know – well, they might mm-hmm. they might they might be lost. I mean, Joni said this is it for these girls. So, yeah. um, you, you know, so and when that that it's the same thing as four years ago when you had you know you had a group of young freshmen that group right there uh, were coming in as freshmen. You had two veterans leave with Mackenzie Ingram and uh, the big center uh, Kalia Robinson, and you know they couldn't really get back to that point until this year. You can't have four year or three year gaps in between you know NCAA tournament appearances and then. Once you start going year after year, I mean, you got to take that next step. Georgia used to be one of the premier teams in women's basketball, especially in the mid 90s, you know, and, and 80s and 90s, really. And they hadn't been there in a long time. And so to get them back, they need to make deeper runs in the NCAA tournament. And yes, I, I do see, you know, where they are, are recruiting a little better and they're bringing in a couple of McDonald's All Americans, which you can read about on our website right now. But you just you got to keep building that. You got to keep recruiting two or three McDonald's All Americans a year, like the Yukons and the Tennessees, and that might not be a good example after this year. Uh, the South Carolinas and whatnot. If you have any chance to compete, all right. I got to get out of here because I got an interview in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll just say uh, my bracket's toast. Thanks uh, to, I'm, I'm no guessing. I actually didn't even look at the update yesterday, so maybe something different happened. But, um, I mean, you know, the only good news about the women's team going out, and you, you hate to see that because mm. uh, everybody works hard and all that, is that I had a, I have on my fantasy baseball draft Monday night. There would have been a conflict, I think, if there was a possible uh, I would have had a, lead eight game. I would have been on women's, ba- or stars, I guess. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, shoot. I, I was going. To, I think I was going to mention uh, Scott Strickland had to miss the baseball. Yeah, uh, no word yet. He, he I mean, I, I don't expect him probably going to Texas A&M. He might have been. He does a radio deal uh, usually on Thursday mm-hmm. on the local station. He might have even been on there today and said what it, what his deal yeah. is. But um, uh, yeah, well, you know, it's uh, Scott. Uh, the assistant coach is, is uh, Daly, f- yeah. filling in Scott Daly. And, uh, hey, at least they are uh, mastering the art of the walk-off. Yeah. Uh, they they uh, beat Kennesaw State the other day again that way. So, hey, we got to go. Uh, give us a five-star review. Ryan would always appreciate that, and it will uh, allow others to find our podcast, uh, I understand, on the Apple Podcasts yeah. or, or whatever else. So uh, we will be back with you next week, and uh, hopefully there won't be any more injury news uh, that we have to talk about. So Yeah, that's no fun. We'll, uh, we'll recap probably what. Uh, Kirby says about George Pickens. Everyone have a great weekend and uh, stay safe. See ya. See you guys.